0: developers don't need to know code they just have to be smart people that know the business problem that they're solving our platform takes that blueprint and generates it into the best technology of the day i guess i was 50 when we started next world i'm 55 now and it's a nice place to be to be kind of over the hump i feel like i've lived my life and proved myself and then to have this opportunity it's kind of It's refreshing to be done with the ego and some of the things that you have in your younger life. We justify our existence by building a product that helps the world and um, that people buy and it benefits them and by treating our employees right. I mean, that's how we better the world.
1: This is the Proco 360 podcast. I'm Dave Tabor, hosting Proco 360 because I love Colorado and I love getting to know Colorado's entrepreneurs and leaders. My guests have built very successful businesses with team members and collaborators who also love all that Colorado has to offer. Today's episode features Kylie McVaney, founder and CEO of Nextworld, a cloud based ERP software company. Now, you probably already know ERP stands for Enterprise Resource Planning. It's software that integrates The management of business processes. Kylie has ERP software in her blood and her late father, Ed McVaney, called NextWorld a quantum leap that blows away everything that came before. (laughs) And that's a pretty bold statement. So I want to talk with Kylie about the impact of low-code and no-code software on those who have complex ERP needs and about some pretty unique aspects of culture woven into the operational fabric of NextWorld. Kylie, thanks for joining me on Zoom. Thank you. It's good to be here. I love so, Colorado, too. Well, good. We're going to talk a little bit about Colorado as well. Um, first, of all, how, how was my introduction of Next World? I'm sure you could do a much better job uh, with an overview.
0: Yeah, you know, it's hard with technical companies to say it all in one phrase, but you're right. Next World offers a radical alternative to organizations that are burdened with traditional ERP. And we have this unique opportunity with a a runway of capital where we are able to literally rebuild an entire ERP system from the ground up. And we're doing that by first building a platform, this no code platform. And that is the basis from which we're building an entire ERP system.
1: Well, all right. So, what is the problem, the painful problem that you're solving? I mean, so painful that your father got. Back into the software business that you got to work working on it. What is that?
0: Okay, the problem is that you know ERP is a massive amount of applications. I mean, it's all the applications to have your debits equal your credits, all the applications to run your warehouse, your manufacturing plant. the The vastness and complexity of ERP software is almost incomprehensible. So the problem is nobody goes and rewrites it. It's it's 40 years of work. They just keep tacking on and tacking on and having more and more technical debt But the reality is that businesses need to change fast. And we saw this in COVID. You you can't plan for a year or five years to change your software incrementally. You need to be adapted immediately. And so we have developed a platform, and I'll tell you more about it later, this no-code platform that allows businesses to rapidly change their software Mm, and have it be exactly the way they need it to be.
1: I've never heard that term, technical debt. What an interesting term. Talk about that.
0: Well, if you think about it, so whenever you write software, you're writing with the latest and greatest technology. Okay. You might make a few mistakes that later you see you could have done things better, but oftentimes it's that technology changes. And so, back when we had what we call client server software that was on premise software, it was written a certain way. And then cloud comes out in the early 2000s, and companies like Workday wrote from scratch on the cloud. And that is completely different than taking an on premise solution and hosting it in a data center. When you write from the ground up in today's technology, you are able to. benefit from everything that today's architecture allows you. And it's impossible to uptake those things when you really were written 20 years ago, 30 so, years ago.
1: Yeah, so technical debt essentially refers to this this burden that you're harnessed with if you're stuck with old technology?
0: Yes. Hmm.
1: Exactly. So all right, explain low code and no code and then I'm going to we'll go back in my outline actually to ask you for maybe a specific example.
0: Yeah. Okay. So really... People don't do no-code. There are some, quotes, no-code platforms out there, but they're kind of things that do easy things. Most people think of no-code as if I want to make a grocery list or a super simple application with a few forms to solve a simple problem, I might be able to do it without writing code. But all the complex things, which ERP is, I need real code to do complicated things. And We're saying that's not correct. Because the problem with having code is its legacy the day after you write it. So you have to say, well, wait a second. If ERP is so vast and it takes 20 years to build it, then how do I rewrite every time there's a radical technology shift? So what we've done, no code is saying that the definitions of our applications, so the applications that say the debits have to equal the credits, or I'm going to store this many things in inventory in this location, whatever that business problem is, that is stored in a blueprint. It's not stored in code. So our application developers describe the business problem that they want to solve. So, part of it is putting forms on a field, and part of it is describing this logic, and it's not stored in code. There's a lot of advantages to that. Number one, our developers don't need to know code. They just have to be smart people that know the business problem that they're solving. Then, because it's not stored in code, our platform takes that blueprint and generates it into the best technology of the day. So, today, on the server, that's Java. On your laptop or mobile mm. device, that's HTML, CSS, Angular, JavaScript. But tomorrow, who knows what tomorrow's yeah. going to bring?
1: So, really, the, the company needs to maintain the process diagram, the process blueprint, and your platform generates the most up-to-date code methodology.
0: Yes. So, But now, we aren't just a platform company. So first we spent the first couple of years exclusively working on our platform. And now we're building our own ERP system on top of that. And we have partners that are using our software to extend it and go into hmm. markets that we're not going into. Yeah. Are
1: these like like are these like plugins that might go on a Salesforce? Instead, you know, they're they're partners that plug into a next world platform.
0: You know, it's similar to Salesforce and Force.com, but Force.com is coding.
1: It's, yeah, uh, it might be a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah, lower coding, yeah. but it's coding. Sure. Yep. Yep. So what's a good, I mean, I think about you know the the news stories you hear about like Department of Motor Vehicles or or the IRS or whatever, where they cannot continue to function very effectively because they talk about using 40 year old architecture and such. I mean should those they should sound like they should have been built of course they didn't exist next world didn't exist when they were created but it sounds like going forward that kind of your kind of technology prevents those kinds of aches down the road.
0: Exactly. And so what our technology can do is we can make so like I hope I described the difference the business solution is you know what the DMB wants to accomplish You know, or the debits equal the credits. And the underlying technology is what database is the best database, you know? And um, one thing I think about is when augmented reality becomes reality. So, I can't imagine this. But let's say one day when you have your item catalog, you know, just like NASA are in the movies, you want to see it in augmented reality. So, when that becomes a thing, we can embrace that faster than anyone else And then our applications that used to just show a picture of this item that they're selling, Mm -hmm. um, they can hit the the generate all button that we hit every two weeks when we deliver patches, and literally they will inherit this new Mm. feature of augmented reality.
1: That's cool. Now, one thing I had in mind or was curious about is that your website says that 74% of IT leaders say they plan to push application development into the business units they serve. Now, that makes sense because those business units understand the blueprinting needed that you've talked about more than anyone else. But how does that jive with, A, the need for IT leaders to control synergy and even security, and then also the idea that they really one of the big dysfunction in organizations is that the siloed groups don't talk to one another so how do you deal with both of those things if you're if you're separating it out
0: yeah that's a great answer there you know first of all there's departmental solutions that we're talking about siloed and then there's your core ERP usually is in all departments but then in addition to that you need these departmental solutions and by let, pushing it out, To these departments, they don't have to worry about security, translation, a whole bunch of things that the company cares about, but this department doesn't need to think about. And so, that's one of the things about getting them an enterprise tool that does all those things for them. And they can create their little application. It might be complicated. It might not. But it has security. It has workflow. Mm -hmm. It has um, transaction processing.
1: Yeah. Now, I'm going to ask you a Pushback question in a second here. Okay. First, I want to remind listeners this is ProCo 360. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. This is the show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. This episode is with Kylie McFaney of Next World. Go to ProCo360.com to subscribe to the newsletter, read my blog, link to sponsors, and catch the books I'm listening to on Audible. And uh, I've been listening lately to a book called How to Say Anything to Anyone by Sherry Harley, who happens to be from Colorado. Really great content. So check that out. Yeah. Uh, all right, so here's the pushback question for you, Kylie. Mm-hmm. Every technology company says it's revolutionizing the market they serve. Uh, in the video I mentioned about, uh, with your father, uh, he was really an ERP software legend. He said that next world is a quantum leap that blows everything away from what came before, a technical work of art that will carry the entire software industry for the next 50 years. Isn't that what every tech entrepreneur tells the VCs right before they make their pitch?
0: Well, I do think that they mostly are, they might be revolutionizing their area. So that is true. If they're Mm -hmm. not inventing something, they're not going to make it. So, yeah, yeah. um, But what we are revolutionizing is not social media and things like that. We're revolutionizing how ERP software is built and deployed there is no one literally no one doing what we are doing
1: and so so, I, so does that mean seriously does everybody using erp software need to be on next world or be left behind is that what you're saying
0: yes with a caveat <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> now we don't have the feature functionality that sap who's been around for 40 years has so they can't all switch to us today that we're going to have to have a plan here. <laughs> and, um, but, but yes, because every other system out there, although they might be feature rich and have a lot, they are tied to legacy. And clearly these large software companies, they have a hundred thousand employees that can be coding software very fast, but that's not sustainable compared to what we have where literally our platform developers do the work. And then we hit the regen all button. Hmm. And all of our financial suite, all of our manufacturing suite inherits that new technology.
1: Yeah. Great concept. And uh, so I'll watch for everybody switching. Uh, and I want to switch gears, though. Is Your bio says you started working with your father as essentially the Xerox girl making copies. <laughs> uh, then you became a CPA and you got back into the software industry. I mean, is that all according to plan for you?
0: I didn't you know I did not think we were going to start next world. So that probably was not according to the plan. Yeah, my dad raised me to have a plan though. And okay. the plan was to get my CPA and to go into software. So we we always had that plan, but ever since he left JD Edwards and then it was acquired by PeopleSoft and Oracle Um, People have approached him about starting many new companies, and I've never believed it was the right idea or the right people compared to when Axel and Vito and Conrad and I started talking to Ed. We took about 10 months to figure out if we had a genius enough idea.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Now, I I watched a a lovely video tribute about your father uh, who died just a year or so ago, And he clearly had an amazing impact on a lot of people. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny because I actually, you know, he's just my dad. So I didn't really realize that impact. And we were at um, a conference one time and a grown man came up to him that Ed had never met and was weeping and said, you changed my life with my career and he never actually he was started working for J D Edwards in a branch office and then went to work in the partner ecosystem but that was really touching you mm-hmm. know to be able to see i really do think business done right is a noble cause
1: yeah now and and it can be a pleasant cause as well because your father uh, as well as having been said to have tremendous drive also said work is more fun than fun So how did that present itself to you as you were working with him and watching him early on?
0: Yeah, I think it's, well, clearly you have to have a great work environment where you enjoy the people you're working and there's not office politics and that kind of stuff. But when you are using your brain and building something and seeing your work contribute, there's nothing more rewarding than that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now one last question um, about your father, about the video and that, you said in your narration that ed taught you and others to love software and <laughs> that implied to me that you know you think software is you know more than technology you know how do you, how do you think about it
0: i think it's well architected software you know there is beauty people maybe don't realize that when you're creating software you're building something and you can do it in a spaghetti code way that has lots of technical debt or you can do it in a way that's well architected. It's a masterpiece, yeah. and being able to—well, I probably would go in a rabbit hole if I started explaining huh. that. But there is there is beauty in well architected
1: software. I would think so, and I—it I, I, just strikes me, although I, my coding was so bad and so little in college, but but you know there is something elegant about well crafted code, and and you could tell that. Good coders admire one another. Who can do that, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Now, how did you make a mind? This whole mind shift to go from being the copy girl and then the CPA to actually being a CEO. What what did you have to go through? It, it doesn't. It's not a natural change, is it?
0: No. And you know, it's interesting. Is. Um, getting back in the game at, I guess I was 50 when we started Next World. I'm 55 now. And it's a nice place to be, to be kind of over the hump. I feel like I've lived my life and proved myself. And then to have this opportunity, it's kind of, it's refreshing to be mm-hmm. done with the ego and some of the things that you have in your younger life and to be able to do this. its It feels like a giving back and it feels like a real privilege to get to go to work and um, create great software.
1: Yeah, so that you're you're sort of segueing us to this next topic because I know culture is a huge thing for you um, and for Next World and the company culture is built on three principles. Uh, we are who we say we are. Second, we are better together. And third, we love what we do. I want to focus on a couple of aspects and and I'm going to read this statement, which is that next world is a private company focused on building long-term relationships our roadmap excuse me our roadmap and product vision are not driven by Wall Street analysts venture capitalists or shareholders we seek to make the world a better place and believe that business when done right has a positive impact on society I certainly believe that business is virtuous so you know what's your take on that
0: you know, When you're a public company, it is so unfortunate that you have these quarterly earnings calls and everything is driven by that. And it is impossible to build something great and to make long term decisions when you have those quarterly earnings calls. And in software, it really matters, especially here at the beginning. And so we are making decisions to say no. To prospects, because it's not the right thing for a company to be slower in acquiring customers so that we harden our product with just a few customers. And so those are things we're able to do because we're a privately held company.
1: Well, how are you funded?
0: How are we funded through the McVaney family?
1: All right. So you really don't have external pressures to make decisions like you just said bring on a customer that maybe you're not ready for and so forth. Right. Yeah. Are you ready for every customer now?
0: No, we are not. Really? So we we are ready for certain segments. So we have software for the financial services industries, for the real estate industry, for subcontractors. You know, but no, we're on our way to manufacturing, but we only have light manufacturing now.
1: Wow. See, so, so you really are. If if a if Ford Motor Company came and said we want you to to rebuild the infra software infrastructure of our ERP system, you'd say we're not ready.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Yes. Wow. All right, take a quick yeah, break. What they probably
0: really would want to do is have our platform and buy that from us. And then we'd probably say no to that too, but you Yeah.
1: Know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, reminding listeners, this is ProCo 360, named Best Denver Podcast Three Years Running and recently named Best Colorado Business Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. This is the show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. I'm speaking with Kylie McVaney of Next World. Thanks to our sponsors, First Bank. Kinsley Meetings via Technologies and Digital Frontier Printing. Hey, quick shout out to my friends, Steve and Allison Kinsley at Kinsley Meetings. They've been keeping me up to date on COVID-related, fast-changing developments in the meetings and conference business. Find them and other sponsors at ProCo360.com. Also, thanks to the Colorado Chamber of Commerce for its support for me and ProCo360. Now, uh, Kylie, I want to get back to uh, another aspect of the culture that you talk about at NextWorld. In Love What We Do, in that section, you also mentioned to honor God in our conduct. So first, what does that mean to you? And then I've got another couple of questions about that.
0: I think the reason we have that there is just to be upfront what the founder's intentions are. We also, if you read our entire culture document that our employees get, the very last paragraph says that everything in our culture is a tenant that we stand by for for employment except for the honor god statement. So clearly we don't care if people have a faith or which faith they have but that's what as the founders that's what we seek to do.
1: So you know that even let's say somebody is a person of faith and that means something to them honor god might mean different things though to different people and and you know it might even be offensive to people even though that's only you know a tenant it might so how does all that work in practical life at, at next world.
0: Yeah, um, well it's funny we definitely have quite a few atheists at the company who we do this thing with value cards and you put the things that you value and then you put the thing that you least value and I've been in multiple groups where the people say they least value faith and religion. But isn't that what diversity of thought is that that we all come from different perspectives and we bring different things so If we're all open-minded and believe in diversity, I think it works.
1: Yeah. So, what's another aspect of your culture? Maybe one that I didn't highlight, but something that you feel has been key in next world success, um, and maybe an example around that.
0: Yeah, I think to summarize, it would be be, well, two things. It would be we're better we're better together. We really believe that um, team velocity and team ideas are more valuable than individuals. We do not work in silos. No one makes a decision or a design without absolute input. And we get input from the young people who work for us that are straight out of college. We encourage them to throw their ideas on the table. Even if their ideas are a little naive because they're only one year out of college, they challenge us. So um, uh, teamwork is essential for us. And the other is taking the long view. And again, that is, um, we were in this with our employees. I know it's popular for people to switch jobs every few years, but we're doing our darndest to help people see Mm -hmm. that they can have a very rewarding lifetime career at Nextworld.
1: Yeah. And I, I guess that kind of brings me to the next question, which is building a software engineering company in Colorado and this idea of talent acquisition, finding enough talent. Uh, sharing talent, talent, if you will, with other companies, and they're sharing with you, if you will. So, you know, what's your experience been for being in Colorado?
0: Well, you know, talk about a decision about uh, making a decision based on culture, and that is during COVID, we went and quadrupled our office space lease. Wow. So we're moving into a new building that has four times what we have now. And we are still having our employees come in. Now, we recognize that hybrid's a thing that people want. And so, when we move into the new building, um, we don't have enough space right now, actually. So, people are in two days a week. We'll go to three days a week, but we're not desk sharing or anything. We want people to have a place and come in. And yes, we understand people also need hybrid. But we are not hiring outside of Denver. And we are not doing fully remote.
1: Hmm. So, how have you found the the talent market in Colorado? Uh, for I mean, you're building something brand new. So, are you finding the kind of talent you need? Or are you having to import uh, folks to Colorado?
0: Every once in a while, the senior positions are hard to find, and we have to do national searches. But we absolutely are finding great talent. Color you know, so many people want to move to Colorado. Yeah, it's yeah. a great place. It's pretty easy here to recruit talent.
1: I, I would think so, and of course, every you know. Uh, Every story you see in in the journal and other places is how people at talent are moving from the very big cities to secondary cities, and which is, you know, now now Denver is becoming one of the is not such a secondary city anymore when it comes yes. to tech talent.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And because we're letting people work hybrid and they only have to come into the office three days a week, uh, they could live farther away and yeah. make it work with their lifestyle. And it's it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so they have a mountain house and they want to be there, you know, Friday through Monday, that works for us.
1: Yeah. And are you finding any any communications challenges around that? Any you know, I'm I'm curious if all this is going to shake out, but are you seeing any things that you've had to adjust to?
0: You know, technically it's easy to work on Zoom. We just all went home on March 11th and it was easy. Yeah. But we really do believe that engagement and the best ideas and innovation and collaboration—it can only happen when you're together. You, it's it's very difficult to gather requirements and whiteboard and design on Teams meetings. It's we, there's so much energy when people come back in. Uh, it's exciting. I think people actually, you know, when they first came back in, everyone's a little nervous and everything. And now it's like a party every day at work. Uh-huh. We're so happy to be here.
1: That's cool. Now, you mentioned earlier taking the long view. Um, And as we kind of wrap up, what what does that that long view look like and feel like uh, for Nextworld?
0: You know, there's two answers. That would be the long view on our why and the long view on our vision. You know, our why is doing business right, and that doing business right is about innovation and career creation and wealth creation. And so that's our why that guides us. And that's why the McBaney family's in this. Um, Where we're going, we're going to be the global leaders in ERP. Hmm. So yes, we don't have 40 years of feature functionality yet, but we will soon. And our other long view is we really do believe, and I know you questioned me on this word revolutionize, but we believe that others will follow us and start building no-code software as we are.
1: So is that, I mean essentially you're leading the way for copycats and yes, how we does are. that feel
0: that's okay i mean we're ahead yeah. Yeah. it's 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 the future this no code platform is the future and i i hope they all copy
1: that's always an intriguing comment because you know there's this famous line uh from every everybody everywhere saying competition makes us better it and does. i i know it does but it yet Only some people mean it and other people say it. So, where's your head at on that?
0: Well, we have a five-year head start, but absolutely competition makes us better. What if we start charging the outrageous prices that the legacy ERPs are charging? We better have competition so we're serving our customers.
1: Yeah. So, when you think about – you and I were talking before we even got started – you know, you've got you've got two lives, of course. maybe three. You've got a family. You've got your CEO of a of a tech software company, and uh, you wish you could spend more time riding horses, right? So, what does your life look like as next world evolves as you move through your life? How's all that going to work?
0: Well, I'd say my life does not involve a lot of travel. That's something that I feel like you know I've done all those vacations everywhere. So I'm pretty committed to staying in Colorado and only doing business travel. But um, yeah, my life involves getting up every morning and riding a horse at 6 a.m., mm-hmm. and that brings me incredible joy. It's practically a spiritual experience for me, um, being connected to horses and riding dressage.
1: I wondered about that. So when you're when you when you're on the back of a of a big animal moving through your your dressage mode, I mean, do you think about work, or is work something else, or do you think about work differently in a Zen kind of a feeling?
0: Well, you know, it's funny because my mind moves pretty fast. And so I sometimes, when you're riding, you have to literally be concentrating on every footstep in dressage at the level I like to ride at. And I space out sometimes and like 20 footsteps later, I'm like, oh, wait, you know, so it does. It's kind of like like how I drive. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's one reason I like fly fishing too, is because you have to concentrate on that little fly enough that you can't really think about work.
1: What do you like to talk about that I haven't asked you about?
0: Well, we kind of already talked about business done right. I'm just, um, I'm a real believer that people think that the most noble thing you can do with your life is um, work for a nonprofit, give money to a nonprofit, go to Africa to start water wells. And and those are very noble things. However, I think that business done right does just as much, if not way more good in this world, and that if we can all fight for that business done right, it's, it's the best use of my life.
1: Well, I think that's a great note to end on. Thank you, Kylie. I'm your host, Dave Tabor, and today on ProCo 360, you've been listening to my conversation with Kylie McVaney of Next World. What a great conversation. Thanks, Kylie. And I love the way you ended it. I so believe that business done right, and that's a nice way to put it, is a virtuous, virtuous Mm -hmm. thing. It creates opportunity.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you for doing this show and for your love of Colorado.
1: Ah, you're welcome and listeners. Thanks for joining me on ProCo 360, where we say Live Work Love Colorado, because you and I and my guests can be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. You make the show successful by subscribing to the ProCo 360 podcast. And if you haven't yet, it's a huge help if you submit a review in your app. Thanks again to show sponsors, First Bank, Kinsley Meetings, Via Technologies, Digital Frontier Printing, and the Colorado Chamber of Commerce. That's the show. Live Work Love Colorado.
0: We justify our existence by building a product that helps the world and um, that people buy and it benefits them. And by treating our employees right, I mean, that, that's how we better the world.